0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to NKBA Live, Brave New Business. I'm Bill Darcy. I hope all of you, your families, and colleagues remain healthy and safe. Today, we welcome back the team from our research partner, John Burns Real Estate Consulting, to review first quarter results of the NKBA John Burns Kitchen and Bath Market Index, what we refer to as the KBMI. We'll also talk about the NKBA Pulse that checks in weekly with members for a real-time barometer, of the effect of the pandemic on their business and any change in demand for their goods and services. Additionally, we'll touch on the research that is underway to revise our kitchen and bath market outlook, which was completely upended once the health crisis and resulting lockdown took effect. Finally, the John Burns team will share other housing data from their vast research to help provide some guidance about what the market might look like in the months ahead. As we know, 2020 started off great, one one of the strongest KBIS shows ever, but then in mid-March, as we know, the bottom fell out uh, when the pandemic and resulting quarantine hit the entire world. We hope that the KBMI report will provide insights on how our industry is responding, and we're glad to note that as parts of the country reopen, projects are coming back, so there is some signs of brighter times ahead. We're proud to say that many of our members are using this time to enhance their technical skills, whether for marketing, client communications, or e-design, and developing strategies to adjust their business models. We're delighted to have with us today from the John Burns team, Todd Tomalak, Principal and Senior Vice President, Steve Bastin, Senior Manager, and Elizabeth Lejunis, Manager of Building Product Research. I'd like to give a quick shout-out to NKBA's Head of Research, Tricia Zak, who works hard to stay on top of all the rapidly changing data to bring us these important business trends and help our members plan for the future intelligently and strategically. Just a little housekeeping before we begin. As always, this online forum qualifies for a half CEU credit for our certified members. And I'd like to thank our designer member, Kendall Ansell, who won the Living in Place category in our design competition in January for the use of her beautiful kitchen design behind me today. And while we're on the subject, the NKBA Design Competition is open for entries through July 3rd at nkba.org, and there's still time for early bird entries through May 31st, so please check that out. We're gonna make some time for questions at the end, so type those in the Q&A function at the bottom of your screen, not the chat, please. So here we go, Elizabeth, let's start with you. Obviously, the KBMI first quarter report was fairly dreary, With an overall rating of 41 on a scale of 0 to 100 with 50 being flat. This is quite a plunge from Q4 2019 when the overall index was at 69.8 and even worse, expectations about future conditions came in at 19.8 compared to 76.6 in the prior quarter. But we also know that our NKBA Pulse weekly report shows a positive trend over the subsequent five weeks. Is there anything we can take away from this data that indicates we're heading in the right direction?
1: Definitely, Bill. So first of all, let me say thank you for the opportunity to speak with the Kitchen and Bath community on this exciting topic. Um, And first of all, you're absolutely right that this latest KVMI report picked up on a major reversal from our previous optimism. Let's pull up another slide. So our next slide showing full year revenue expectations for 2020. You can see here the decline in sales revenue that kitchen and bath firms now expect for 2020. But look at the purple bars as well. As recently as 2019 year end, the industry was expecting double digit growth for 2020. And many firms we've spoken to said that at least before the pandemic hit, Q1 was shaping up to be even better than expected. So one positive that we're seeing is that we're starting from a place, we were starting from a place of strength before the pandemic hit. And several firms we spoke to that strong demand would eventually emerge after the crisis is over. Another thing we have to keep in mind when interpreting these results is that they're based on a survey of NKBA member firms, and this survey was fielded in mid-April, when the pandemic was just reaching its peak in many places. So, of course, much much of the pessimism that we saw in our survey responses was colored by the lockdown itself, the fact that Companies didn't have any access to their consumers and many workers were deemed non-essential by local governments. So as lockdowns ease, we would likely get a different reading on revenue expectations for the year. In fact, as you mentioned, since then, we've been keeping track of industry sentiment with a weekly pulse survey. And let's show our viewers a slide of these results. As this next chart shows, we're finding that every week, a greater share of firms are reporting increasing demand for goods and services compared to the previous week. So that's a sign clearly that we're headed in the right direction. You can see that from the 15th of April up until the 12th of May, that's just about a month, we saw over a threefold increase in um, people in- reporting increasing demand. And then of course, our last poll survey came, uh, came in yesterday and you see an even higher share of firms reporting increasing demand. So that's another positive sign for us. Another positive sign that we're headed in the right direction is that even according to our KBMI, which was fielded in April, the majority of firms were reporting postponements to their data, sorry, to their postponements to their projects and orders rather than cancellations. So let's go to our next slide. And this shows that nearly half of kitchen and bath industry firms reported postponements of projects and orders compared to just over 20%, or one in five, who were reporting outright cancellations. This means that even though much of the industry's work was disrupted by the pandemic, demand was not expected to disappear altogether for 2020. This leads me to my final point that even back in mid-April, many firms were expressing optimism about demand returning for this year. This next chart shows that over two-thirds of kitchen and bath industry firms reported that they still expected demand to return to normal levels as early as September of this year. Some firms we spoke to even expressed worries that after the pandemic passes, they may experience a surge in business and might even have trouble meeting demand due to previous staff layoffs. I should caveat caveat this by saying, of course, the actual timing of the recovery remains uncertain without a vaccine or a treatment in in place yet. And in light of this uncertainty, there's no question that COVID-19 is having a chilling effect on the industry. Uh, Many consumers still remain hesitant to resume business as normal. And of course, many people have been laid off from their jobs, which is another uh, problem for the industry. So we, we expect all of these negatives, along with showroom closures and manufacturing plant closures, to dampen industry revenue for 2020. However, especially coming off of such a strong first quarter before the pandemic hit, More than a few firms in our sample were expressing optimism that once things open up, consumers who still have financial means are going to be calling again, and perhaps even more so now that they've experienced their homes intimately for so many weeks in lockdown. And then even during the lockdown, there were certain segments of the market such as DIY products and essential supplies that were cited by several firms uh, as remaining bright spots for demand has remained strong. So I think that overall we have some positives to hang on to, even though for sure the industry is feeling a lot of pain right
2: now.
0: Elizabeth, thank you. That was a lot of insight, um, even though I know we, we're we still a lot, there's a lot of uncertainty, um, a, a hope of optimism is is shining through there. So that that's great information. Can you tell us about some of the strategies that companies are implementing uh, to move forward proactively? Definitely. Okay.
1: Yeah, I found it interesting uh, when looking at the survey results that even though so many firms were expressing painful uncertainty about the pandemic and fears of a recession, there were quite a few that expressed this kind of optimism or or this proactive uh, stance towards this new normal that we're experiencing. Uh, For example, there were many design firms that framed the pandemic positively, actually, as an opportunity to refocus their business, Uh, for example, to promote the e-design side of their business or e-commerce. And then others uh, said that they had more time now to develop content marketing, like podcasts and webinars that they could use to contribute to higher interest in their brand going forward. Um, Some others said that they were gonna take the time to learn new skills and take courses, get continuing education credits done. And others said that they wanted to take the time to make changes to their business to increase efficiency to their operations. And then kitchen and bath firms across the board uh, talked about doing video consultations with clients, even while a lot of them expressed some uncertainty about how to make this really work, when often uh, access to the site itself and to the client is so crucial in this sort of person to person industry. So clearly there's gonna be a learning curve for a lot of firms in this regard. And we saw a lot of that in the open responses in our survey uh, results. And then on the construction front, We heard about many companies adopting new safety measures to reassure and protect clients going forward. And some construction firms uh, previously worked mainly inside the home and now they were looking to areas outside the home to hold them over until the pandemic passes. A few other firms also took the time to update their showrooms. And and some others talked about placing pre-orders of goods to help them account for the longer lead times that they're experiencing as a result of the pandemic. So to recap, our feedback from the industry is, what is that while these are unprecedented times, everyone can do something proactive, whether it's scheduling web meetings with clients or even working with a local builders association to promote policies to help businesses stay afloat while also keeping workers and clients safe.
0: That's that's great great information. Thanks again, Elizabeth. Uh, Todd, let's go to you for a moment. Your team has a wealth of housing data. Uh, We understand that there has been somewhat of an improvement in demand for new home construction and that certain pockets of the country are experiencing growth. Uh, What can you tell us about why this is happening? And can you share some of the overall thoughts on the housing market and replacement and remodeling as we move forward?
2: Yeah, um, I mean, it's very interesting. We just sent out our macro piece this week. And what we're seeing is basically housing and home improvement are the one bright spot in an otherwise pretty miserable economy. If we didn't see housing and we didn't see home improvement, things would look really, really bad. Uh, there's a couple things going on right now and we're, we're continuing to learn, but uh, definitely uh, we're getting feedback from builders and from some building product companies too, that they're seeing uh, in some cases, record order days in terms of like uh, sales per day or sales per weekend, uh, which is really unusual when we think of kind of the the economic backdrop of Thirty-eight million people having lost their jobs. Uh, so as we kind of disentangle what we're seeing, and, and also the order days are very a little bit more volatile than they were before. So big swings in orders. Uh, on the remodeling side, it seems that uh, the home definitely has gained status uh, in that it carries more weight to the consumer. We we know that we're still trying to get our our minds around exactly by how much and what other dollars it's taking from the consumer wallet. Um, but we are seeing it in in some of the sales numbers. So. Uh, for instance, our, our overall remodeling cancellation data, uh, it looked like it bottomed in about the second week of April. And from that point, uh, we've seen cancellations drop a little bit. Even some of the postponed projects are starting to get sorted out. Last week, we published uh, some data on postponed projects. And that was the biggest decline in our remodeling data. Most of the postponed projects, uh, instead of people saying they're going to do it in 2021, they said they are going to do it in 2020. And, and some of them canceled. Um, but the majority of them are looking at doing it this year, which is really positive. On, on the new construction side, uh, you know, if you, if you segmented the, the housing universe by price point, where we saw the initial bounce was definitely at the entry level buyer, that first time buyer. And, and, and we are also seeing some growth in, in other segments too, like move up. But what we think is happening there, you've got this entry level buyer who has no home that they have to sell, they have no stock market losses, and they also have no space in their apartment that they've been holed up in. Uh, and now there's potentially some, some homes that are out there that they might be able to look at that they don't wanna ride another wave of COVID again. Um, and we are seeing some people upgrade their existing home too. So it's not only entry level buyers, but that's generally been where the strength is concentrated. Um, the only comment that I'll say, so we, we are definitely seeing this initial surge or bounce that was happening in May after what, what's happened in April uh, when we saw things bottom. We're very cautious to say that that's how the entire year is gonna go. Uh, we think it's gonna be pretty volatile where we could see you know, some sort of initial surge and then choppiness afterwards. So there is 38 few, fewer million people that have a job than did 11 weeks ago. That does matter. If you only had one variable to forecast housing, it was job growth, so that's, that's not good. Um, but what is very positive is that the home is just fundamentally more important so we could see this nesting trend continue to develop.
0: Interesting stuff. Um, we know our uh, first market outlook study, we filled it in late 2019 to project for 2020 was quite positive and it reflected growth of about 7%. Of course, everything changed um, in mid-March. So can you tell us about uh, how we're updating the data to reflect new economic and consumer reality, which we hope to be releasing shortly, actually?
2: Yeah, um, that's a really exciting project. So. Uh, that number that we had before COVID was one of the most positive, bright. You know, w- within housing, which we already were positive on, kitchen and bath was one of the brightest spots within within the housing universe. Particularly at the low to mid price point, we were seeing a lot of growth. Um, that changed since COVID happened. So our update that we're doing right now to update that forecast, we're coming at it from really two angles. Uh, the first angle is we have to make sure that we understand from the consumer standpoint how they're thinking about their projects, uh, what they were doing different now versus before, if they change the scope, if they're canceling, if they're postponing, if they did postpone, you know, when are you going to do the project? What are the conditions that have to happen? So we've got a big survey that um, we're getting some data in on that. Elizabeth actually is very close to that data. Uh, on the other side of the same question is we, we do have to reconcile the the, the macro picture which, which has changed significantly since we did that mm. forecast in terms of what we're thinking for new housing, but also uh, that we have people that basically are locked in their homes. In some cases, they're, uh, there's no way they can move and their income is gonna be quite a bit different three months from now, six months from now. Uh, the big question is whether or not their home prices are the same, whether or not their access to credit is the same, whether or not they're in uh, more of a defensive mode versus spending a little extra on their home. Uh, but we're trying to make sure that we bridge what the consumers are telling us from our survey with what we can prove historically tied to some of the macro conditions that you had to believe when you're thinking about forecasting kitchen mm. and bath demand. The, the one thing I can say is uh, part of the reason we were very positive on kitchen and bath was because you, you had this, this pool of older kitchens and baths, baths in particular, that were built between 2000 and 2008 during the housing boom. And we know that once they cross that 15 mm. year threshold, they're almost 80% more likely to, uh, to pull the trigger. You know, if I'm a household and I get a raise, I'm much more likely to put the dollars towards that older bathroom than I was before. So, incomes can go down, consumer circumstances can go down, the finances can change, but that bathroom is still old, and we know the household still cares about it a lot because they're stuck in it. So, um, we're, we're working on that now, very excited to release that as soon as we have that worked out. That, that's great,
0: Ty. We look forward to uh, releasing that together. Steve, can, let's talk about retail for a moment. What's your thinking about the scope of projects and subsequent effect on price points, in particular how the luxury segment impacted in, is, is impacted in this dynamic?
3: Yeah, thanks, Bill. Um, I think Todd and Elizabeth very briefly touched on uh, scope of projects and a few things that we're seeing, but yeah, definitely right now, uh, those smaller DIY projects, that's playing out. Um, Two months ago, we started monitoring foot traffic data at the home centers and no surprise traffic's up significantly um, and still is. And a lot of this is definitely consumers stocking up on essentials, um, things like that. But after we listened to Home Depot and Lowe's earnings calls this week, uh, we really learned that most of the growth wasn't in that under $50 basket. Um, So it wasn't like toilet paper and clean supplies and light bulbs. It was really in that $300 to $500 kind of ticket customer. Um, And that's that's really your core kind of small project DIY um, sweet spot. So Lowe's uh, had said that in their $50 to $500 basket, sales were up 19% year over year. Um, That's crazy good growth. It's 50% higher than their total company comp. Um, It's like 10 times better than their big ticket comp. Um, so we really can assume that that the product, you know, paint and faucets, mirrors, uh, vanity lighting, preassembled vanities, um, you know, bath hardware, bath accessories, cabinet hardware, things like this. Those are those are products that are really outperforming right now. Um, longer term, you know, think maybe 2021, mid 2021, or or further, depending on how the economic landscape shakes out. Uh, we think there is definitely some positives for luxury. Um, If you look back at the last downturn, uh, coming out of it, uh, or excuse me, entering it, luxury was down about 12% in 2008 and about 12 13% in 2009, Um, and that's total remodeling spending, but luxury was down about 20% in 2008 and then about 20% again in 2009. So luxury cycle's a little bit harder. Uh, It's the first to fall, but it's usually the first to rebound as well. Um, So you look at like 2013, 2014 once... You know, the auto manufacturers and everything started to, to, to kind of get fixed in the in the overall economy. Um, luxury rebounded fastest, and, and it was up 10% in 2014, up about 15% uh, the year after. So really outpaced the, the overall market. And we do think we could see that shift uh, back to kind of higher price point products and materials once things settle down. Um, a lot of things to, to sort out in the macro, but optimistic it's going to play out there's still a you know a segment of boomers out there that that want to remodel but they're just not comfortable right now doing it with contractors in the house and uh, they might wait till there's a vaccine so there's just some health concerns that need to be addressed Um, but we don't see um, a lot of reasons why if these consumers still have the means on the other side of this why they wouldn't do a, a project they've been planning to do all along right that makes sense
0: um, now, what about the changing client landscape? With the, we know the power of online shopping, uh, certainly, uh, but during COVID, it's booming even more. Again, no surprise. Many of our audience might have heard, Amazon reported that net sales spiked by 26% or $15 billion in just the first quarter, 2020 versus last year. So Steve, how is this uh, changing the nature of retail transactions in our industry?
3: yeah I mean uh, e-commerce that's the big that's the big one here um, as far as you know changing client landscape um, you've got this segment of younger consumers who have always been comfortable shopping online and are gonna continue to do so mm-hmm. now you have a segment of older consumers who used to shop primarily brick and mortar um, who have shifted to using Instacart and Amazon and home Depotcom um, mm-hmm. and just not that comfortable exposing themselves to health risks right now. So it's a big deal for any any industry and I don't think ours is any exception. Um, If you look at Depot and Lowe's earnings calls again, uh, both retailers reported their e-commerce sales are at 80% year over year in Q1. Um, And the pandemic really only hit in the the middle of the last month of that quarter. So that's a big deal. Um, You know, we know there's certain categories that are for sure easy to buy online, you know, lighting, decorative plumbing, cabinet hardware, things like that. Um, And if you deal those products, I hope you have or are building an online presence because you're going to need to, to be able to reach, um, you know, consumers that already shop online, but also now the ones that, that are going to be adverse to going into brick and mortar. Um, And then for other categories, you know, Pro installs, uh, you just gotta give consumers the tools uh, that they need that can kind of allow them to plan and visualize and design those spaces. You gotta capture them really early on, um, so that in six, 12, 18 months, when they're ready to do that bigger project, they do the project with you. I think that's really the best way to kind of tackle both ends of the spectrum.
0: Yeah, you know, it's such an important point. You know, just 10 years ago or thereabouts, the internet was viewed as the enemy stealing business from the brick and mortar stores. You know, it took a while for retailers to see online shopping as an enhancement, you know, to the in-store experience, and we all know that current pandemics, you know, sped up this evolution. But let's face it: like, who is not shopping online these days? So savvy business owners in our industry understand that if they move ahead without an online strategy that complements the in-person experience, the path forward is going to be extremely difficult. Um, so, Steve, considering. Um, the cyclical nature of business, what are some of the forward-looking steps and potential positives that we look ahead to say 12 to 18 months out?
3: Yeah, um, I mean, I think we've kind of covered this a little bit, but I mean, there's definitely headwinds here in 2020. Um, There's a lot of job losses. There's going to be income losses. Um, There's going to be a lot of volatility quarter to quarter. We know DIY and those lower price point products are outperforming right now but um i think if you look at the kitchen and bath i truly believe that people are doing like powder room remodels they might be doing a, an update to their guest or secondary bathroom things that they can kind of do themselves um they're probably painting deck doing decking project or landscaping project but most are not doing a large scale tear out kitchen and bathroom model so on the other side of this i still think we've got pent-up demand for these larger scale projects structurally as todd mentioned uh, we have an old housing stock there's going to be likely a lower supply of new homes given builders are slowing their land buying activity which is going to push uh, many home buyers into the resale market and many of these are going to be buying just older homes you know like todd said homes that were built in the last boom or even 30 40 year old homes uh, where the kitchen and bathrooms have never been updated and and we think, uh, as Todd mentioned, there's this paradigm shift towards putting your money into something that you're gonna be enjoying more often, like at home and, and less into something like an auto or, or travel and tourism. So short-term things are gonna be hard. Um, it's gonna be volatile, but we think kind of longer term, uh, the industry should just be really thinking about ways right now that they can remove barriers to these bigger models so that on the other side, when the demand is there, Um, hopefully it's still there, you know, pending no major economic Armageddon. Um, We can make these big projects less painful for the consumer, um, more appetite for doing a kitchen or bathroom model, and hopefully that enhances margins for the industry and also just makes the experience better for for the consumer, for the homeowner.
0: Absolutely, Steve, thank you. Um, So Leanne, I I think we have time for a couple questions. Um, Again, for the audience, please type those in the Q&A function at the bottom of your screen. Um, Leanne, what, what do you have for our panel?
3: Yes, I think because the weather is probably getting so much nicer. Are you seeing a spike in outdoor kitchens and projects?
2: Yeah, I can give a little bit of color on that. Um, so it's funny, we, we do a survey of, of not, not just kitchen and bath, but, but every type of building material that's out there. And we just got last night uh, our color from uh, all of our dealers about whether sales are, and if you took all the outdoor projects and grouped them together, uh, surprisingly, some of them a number of them are positive and growing while a lot of the the interior were were, were just more mixed and it depended a lot by a region. so what we think's partly happening is that um obviously the the ability to be outside matters more decking uh all you had to do was follow trex's earnings call, and it was just the darling of wall street uh for for good reason. people are investing in their backyards. And with that basically comes a second kitchen that you might choose to include. And, and some of the features that are in outdoor kitchens, you may not include in your own in-home kitchen, like, you know, I think like an outdoor pizza oven, things like that. But we do, we do see that happen in the yard, which is pretty exciting.
3: Great. Can you address regional differences? Are there areas of the U.S. that will take off before others?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll give a little bit of color on that too. So absolutely, yes. Uh, This recovery, when we think back to 2001, that was a real interesting recovery because it was basically entirely regional, depending on where your footprint is. If you're a builder, it was either not too bad or really horrible. Uh, Our builders are giving us very different outlooks at the metro level. Uh, We asked last month, we've got a huge survey of about 20% of all homes sold that get picked up. And we asked, asked the builders, Uh, So this is just at the close of April, how are you thinking about starts for the remainder of the year? So this isn't our forecast, this isn't what we believe, this is just what the builders told us. And it was really interesting to hear what they were thinking about the starts progression because in the Midwest, uh, they were expecting starts to be down only 1%, which which seems very optimistic to me. Um, But there's other areas of the country like California, some areas of the Southwest where it was down double digits, that's their anticipation. Um, what's interesting is when we look at the builder expectation uh, one of the earliest gauges you can look at is their pricing power. So some builders when, when they get real nervous about the market, the first thing they start doing is offering incentives on their homes, trying to convert those homes to cash. Uh, that's happened pretty much across the country. But just this last week I heard from uh, Jody Kahn who's in charge of all of our survey work on the builder front that they're seeing price hikes at some, some of the entry level buyers. Um, for, for homes that you are move-in ready. That's very positive, um, but that's going to be very much a location-by-location location story. Uh, I would just point you to Indianapolis. It's a really interesting story there where a lot of searches for new home sales, like the Google search terms that are correlated with buying a home are off the charts and transactions are, are actually doing okay, positive in some cases. So uh, v- very different by, by market. Um, please reach out to us if you need more color because we've got way more that we can share with you but that we can't cover on you know, on, on a webinar.
0: Well, I want to thank you guys. Uh, Thank our guests for this great insights, strategic thinking about how uh, our industry can come out of the crisis. We hope to have you all back again in a few months to revisit the status of the industry and housing and remodeling markets. Uh, in, In the meantime, though, just as Todd said, please reach out for direct, uh, you know, advice for your company, because these guys, they have more data than, than, uh, I, I cannot, I can't even believe. So thank you again, Todd, Steve, and Elizabeth for taking the time to share with our audience today. Next week, please join me as we welcome Andreas Hansen from wine accessory specialist, Plum, Adam Sandow, CEO of Sandow Media, and Marty Davis, CEO of Cambria. We'll be talking about grabbing market share and creating opportunity in today's market. Thanks again to our panelists for all of you for making your time to join us today. Please follow the NKBA and me on social media for the latest news and updates from the kitchen and bath industry. I wish everyone a safe and happy Memorial Day weekend and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Have a great day.